How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Mel King, At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Sports Radio 92.9, the game back at it. Chuck Show hanging out in the Kia studios on this Friday night with you. 404-726-0929, that is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Well, NBA draft uh, last night. We had fun at the uh, NBA draft party at the uh, State Farm Arena. And, uh, of course, this lady was covering the Atlanta Hawks at their practice facility. Lauren Williams joining us on the WadeFord.com hotline. Lennis Ford dealer. She's the beat writer for the Atlanta Hawks for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. AJC.com is where you can check out all of her fine work. And she is on Twitter, at Williams Lauren L. As always, uh, Lauren, appreciate the time as uh, – we talk about this draft that uh, went uh, down last night. Of course. I'm so happy to, you know, that we're finally on the other side of this. Yeah. So what what were the biggest reasons that you think that they looked at um, selecting Kobe Bufkin with that number 15 pick? What What stood out to them about the reason that they took him at 15? Yeah, you know, I think – that they just focused a lot on his upside. I think he's a guy that, yes, he's he's young. And, again, you and I have talked about this a million times over the course of our many chats uh, leading up to last night. But, you know, he's not going to spend a lot of time, I believe, with the, the main team this year. You, you, you kind of expect to see him probably spending a lot of his time out in uh, College Park just because – they have a lot of depth with both DeJounte Murray and uh, Trey Young in the backcourt, and they'll likely bring in a, a bit of a more savvy veteran to kind of be the backup for those two guys. But I think what stood out to them about him is just his maturity. That's kind of what Landry Fields pointed to in his conversations that he's had with Kobe Buskin. Um, I think they also just like the fact that he is in love with basketball. It sounds like he's the type of guy that's going to be a gym rat who's always going to be working on, uh, you know, leveling up. Um, I also think he's the type of guy who's never going to sleep until, um, you know, he gets out there and, and, and satisfies not just himself, but everybody else. So I, I think they really appreciate that he's the type of person that's not going to rest on his laurels and who's really going to kind of bring the attitude that this team kind of needs to shift the culture toward one that wants to win a championship. So I guess, you know, the big question is, can this be a guy that helps out the Hawks this year, or is it more valuable for him to develop because he is young and he's got a lot of work that he needs on his game? Is it better Mm -hmm. for him versus playing five to eight minutes a night on the Hawks bench Mm -hmm. to go to College Park and start every night and get that development? Yeah, I think he's kind of going to 
be in the similar boat that Jalen Johnson was in a couple years ago where he doesn't have a lot of minutes available to him just because of how much depth that he has. And that's not to say that he won't maybe get, you know, five minutes here, five minutes there. But from everything that I've heard as far um, as far as reporters from back in Utah, Quinn Snyder's not the type of coach that will play young guys a significant amount of minutes. And we kind of saw that a bit with A.J. Griffin in the playoffs there. So I think that, you know, he'll kind of shuttle between both uh, College Park and the Hawks. But, yeah, I, I don't really think he's going to be the type of player that comes in and makes an immediate impact. Lauren Williams joining us here on the WaitFor.com hotline, beat writer for the Atlanta Hawks for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. What about Seth Lundy? What was it about yeah. him that they uh, that they liked at number 46? I really think that they like that he's a guy that can knock down 40% of his right. shots from three. I mean, that's kind of hard to argue right there. That's a pretty – good percentage but I also think it's his defense he's gonna be that quintessential three and D guy that's kind of eluded them and you know again I don't think he's the type of player that's going to come in and make an immediate impact just because again the Hawks have so much depth at wing so many guys ahead of him in terms of Bogdan Bogdanovich DeAndre Hunter DeJounte Murray you kind of go down the list there and you can just name all the people who will likely factor into the rotation ahead of him. But I, I think they're really thinking about as far as the picks that they took this year, um, low risk, high upside, high reward type of guys. And the three guys that they picked, including that uh, player uh, that they traded up for in the draft, sending that 2027 second round pick to the Celtics to get number 39, Muhammad Gway, um, I think they're just thinking low risk, high reward, somebody that they can develop over time. And as I, I wrote today, it's some they're, they're, those are guys that they're going to give their all to this team. Lauren, um, you know, obviously we had Landry Fields on the show today on, on Dukes and Bell. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he talked about the idea of, of having patience. And, and you brought this yeah. up the last time that I talked with you about the idea of, that I think Hawks fans are going to have to have patience that they that they weren't going to make moves right away. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously, were you kind of surprised that, A, they didn't make any moves as far as where they drafted? I mean, there was a lot of rumors out there, whether it was yeah. DeAndre Hunter in Indiana, whether it was Clint Capella and the number 10 Dallas. pick uh, from Dallas. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there were a lot of rumors flying around. Were you surprised that nothing happened on draft night or – did it go kind of just how you expected? Well, I have two answers. So I remember joking with my podcast producers that I wanted a little bit of chaos from the Hawks in the sure. sense that I wanted to see them make a move and see them kind of shake up the roster a little bit. But I'm honestly not surprised. My gut, and I think we talked about this too um, the last time we chatted, but my gut told me that they were going to stand pat at number 15. And, and Landry Fields essentially told us that when he – he chatted with the media um, in his pre-draft availability last Friday. Um, it's it's hard to see, you know, the deals that they can potentially make with this roster, just kind of where they are. It's not as if they can take on a lot of salary. Uh, they can't take on a ton of players. Uh, they can't, you know, convince other teams to, to take on some of the salaries that they have. And, they're kind of limited in terms of the assets that they do have. And so 
it's not surprising that they weren't able to get things done. You look at what Dallas was able to do to, one, get rid of Davis Bertans and that contract, and they were able to move up or, or pick at 12 as opposed to picking at 15. So the Hawks were just kind of in a really weird situation. I feel like that is kind of indicative of just where they their season kind of had them falling when the regular season was over. And so, yeah, I, I wanted to see – more stuff happened, but I'm not at all surprised that nothing did. Lauren Williams, Hawks beat reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, joining me on the waitfor.com hotline. So it's the question we keep going round and round about. Yeah. And, and again, Landry Fields was on the show, and, and he talked about the luxury tax and said, look, mm-hmm. I have the uh, authority and the power with the group involved that I can either be in it or not in it, but they're mm-hmm. in it right now. Do they mm-hmm. stay in it? I mean, again, we keep waiting for – because he, he, here's the thing, Lauren. Perception mm-hmm. has the same effect as truth. And mm-hmm. I don't perceive right now that they want to be – now, no team wants to be in the luxury tax. But right. it's really hard to build a roster without it. And right. if, you're, if you're going to have a super max player, then you're mm-hmm. going to eat up a lot of cap space, and that's going to limit – what you can build around him when you have those kinds of guys. And I don't see mm-hmm. how you can not be in the luxury tax. But, again, you know, I, I'm the first thing I'm going to be looking at is not whether or not that they add a dynamic player. It's about the salaries that are moved because I don't perceive, and if you listen to what Brian Windhorst said last night on his draft mm-hmm. show, that there's a mandate that they're supposed to get under the luxury tax. I just don't know who to believe right now. I don't know. My yeah. head is spinning because of this. Yeah, it's it's a really weird, not weird, that's not the right word, but it, it, I agree with you. It's really hard to believe what they tell you at face value. Of course, you know, in talking to my sources in the front office, they say that that's not true, that there isn't a mandate to get below the luxury tax. But like you said, the moves that they make in the upcoming week ahead of free agency um, or the moves that they take or the contracts that they take on once free agency opens, I think that will dictate and kind of give you an idea of whether or not they, they do want to get under the luxury tax. Maybe it's not necessarily a mandate from ownership that they do. Maybe it's just a mandate from the front office themselves that they don't, you know, quite believe that they're right there, that they can justify being in the luxury tax that dictates whether or not they move on from some of the contracts or the players that they have. Um, I'm, I'm right there with you. you. You can try and listen to what your sources say, but sometimes actions, as you, you know, as they say, speak louder than words. So I, I might stay with you. I, I'm my head spinning. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I understand. And, you know, look, I, my theory is this, and again, you can poke holes in, in all this all you want because mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm open to it, but, I think, by and large, they're going to run this thing back. They're going to give Quinn Snyder an entire offseason to get this thing right, to get this thing on track, and they're going to run it back with their starting five and most of their bench pieces. That would be Mm -hmm. Bogey, Jalen Johnson, A.J. Griffin, Okongwu, that they will ride with those guys. They may tweak the bottom end of their roster, but by and large, they're going to run this thing back. And they're going to give it, I think, until the trade deadline, and at that point – they're going to have to kind of crap or get off the pot because if it's not going well, then you probably have to move on from DeJounte Murray and some guys. Or if it does go well, then you stay in the luxury mm-hmm. tax and, and, you, and you run that route. 
Give me your thoughts yeah. about that theory. Yeah, I. that's kind of where I've been, where it's they want to give Quinn Snyder a chance to make things work with what he has right now. I mean, you can point to he didn't have a full season to really get the most out of these guys. And so, yeah, I, I can see them kind of making more decisions toward the luxury tax to kind of look at where DeJounte Murray's contract is, for example. He's heading into a contract year, and, and if um, things aren't quite working out in the backcourt with Trey Young like they envision it to be, the trade deadline is probably – the best chance for them to get something in return um you know it might not be as good as what they gave up to get him but at least he will have some value at that point that a contending team might be calling to see what his availability is and and the hawks might it might behoove them to you know try and move him at that point so i think that's kind of where we see things happening a little bit more but i I still think they're going to continue shopping these guys around and and taking a listen to what what other front offices, what other teams are willing to give up. But from from all accounts, it looks like they're trying to you know not shop guys around for peanuts on the dollar. They're they're trying to get the vet, the best value that they can in return um, for moving some of these guys if they're able to move him. So move them. So I mean, without a last question for you, without mm-hmm. without without it, you know having a specific name in mind or anything like that. Where where do you what do you think the next move is? I mean, do you think it's somebody that's traded? Do you think that they sign a lower tier free agent to kind of fill out the mm-hmm. roster? Like, what do you think is next for the Atlanta Hawks? I mean, we're obviously anticipating all this news, but what do you think mm-hmm. is kind of the next domino to fall for them? Yeah, uh, you have to you know where there's smoke, where there's fire, right? Mm-hmm. And I do think that you know Clint Capella is a is a likely like a likely person that they try to move um, just because his contract is a little bit friendlier than say John Collins is. And, you know, if they compare John Collins and Onezo Kongu, um, you know, that might be the best case scenario to trying to, you know, hold on to some rim protection that they can, especially if they're giving up um, Capella and, and kind of moving on from that salary a little bit there. But you still have to think, um, you know, DeAndre Hunter is in play just because it seems like things were kind of ramping up a little bit with the Pacers there before they fell apart. Um, and again, names like DeJounte Murray keep coming up just because he does have a little bit of a friendlier contract being on an extending, um, excuse me, an expiring deal. So, yeah, if, if no trades happen in the next couple of days, and obviously signing veterans to, you know, team-friendly deals, veteran minimums, is probably what we see happen. She covers the Atlanta Hawks for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. AJC.com is where you can check out all of her work. She is on Twitter, at WilliamsLaurenL. And Lauren Williams, join me here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Lauren, as always, appreciate the time. We will certainly keep in touch here as um, yeah. we, we hopefully anticipate a busy offseason. But we yeah. will see what, the, what unfolds here over the next few weeks. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. You got it. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com.